0: This episode is sponsored by our friends at Dukan. Launch your online store in 30 seconds. No coding or design skills required. Whether you are a small business trying to go online, a teacher looking to set up digital presence, or you just want to sell a goat, Dukan is your one-stop solution. At the start of the pandemic, when small businesses were struggling, Dukan helped over a million merchants move from offline to online. Founder of Khan is also a Billion Moonshots alumni. He shared his story of making $25,000 per month in college to now building a $100 million startup. So start your 14-day free trial now at mydukan.io. Shank, you graduated from IIT RootKey, worked at Microsoft in Seattle. You bought a Ford Mustang and living a good life, but then you felt something was missing. Flew back to India and now you have built a 7.5 billion dollar fintech giant. Uh, but first, why why Mustang? Why did you want to buy Mustang? Was it because you were watching Fast and Furious and you thought like, "Ye cool hai, ye <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I think uh, you know when I went to US right I, You know I've had a typical middle class childhood, right? I've uh, uh, studied a lot, right? You know, been through JE and whatnot, uh, and, and, and getting to Microsoft, I think that was the first time like I really uh, you know started making some money. Right before that, it was. Mm you know, staying within your means, just getting by, right, like the typical student life uh, that's there. So at, in Seattle, you know, in, I, I was in Bellevue, you really can't uh, get around without a car. So in Bellevue, Redmond, like, they're more suburbs rather than the main city. So, 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 you know, there was no option. Uh, you have to buy a car at that point of time. And uh, I think uh, most Indians there uh, buy, like, Toyota, Honda, which is like a default preference. Uh, you know, and I, I was also probably thinking about the same, uh, but then like, you know, uh, I had a chat with like, you know, one of, one of uh, my sort of elder brothers and uh, he had a very unique perspective that, you know, look, uh, uh, like you can always buy uh, Toyota or Honda, you hmm. know, uh, uh, but this, this is like one of the few times where you have the independence to, uh, you know, really buy something that stands out and, and enjoy it. Uh, you know, like you can do more than just, uh, just do regular work, right? and for uh, ford mustang is it's pretty affordable in the us it's not a very expensive car and uh, I, it it is appealed to me so i, I remember like how uh, usually people go around quite a bit uh, drive different cars test drive different cars le- negotiate and all that you know uh, i think i had a very opposite experience i think i researched you know heavily for like 2 3 days uh, then i spotted a car uh, went there i saw it and i just fell for it in the first look uh, and I made the payment without, uh, without like, you know, any, any negotiation and, and, and the, and the guy there, you know, even mentioned like, you know, it, uh, usually people negotiate quite a bit, right. So, so, so that was it, like, you know, and that's how, uh, you know, I bought the car and, and I think it went, uh, it, it, it went, it worked amazingly well. I enjoyed it quite a bit, really loved driving it around the town. You know, it had a custom exhaust, so it used to make a, a lot of noise. Uh, which was just pretty much unlike my personality, but uh, that's probably one of the very few things I think I still miss about uh, about my life uh, there. <laughs> uh, wait, uh, so d- what car are you driving now? I'm, I'm I'm not driving anything, you know. I think uh, okay, uh, remote first. We, we we have we have a office driver, you know. So usually I'm in like Fortuner or Skoda or something, mm. right? Uh, but it's and it's a good car, you know. There's no doubt right. about it. It's very comfortable. It's more utilitarian at this point mm. of
0: time. Definitely, definitely. I know there. I know one friend who is a software engineer. He went with a decision matrix. Like he went to BMW, Audi, Tesla, and he's like, "All right, here's my decisions. Here's what here's the parameters that I care about, and I'm going to now buy Tesla because of this, this, this." So I know some people go into very really like you know oh, uh, yeah. deep well, analysis. <laughs> I,
1: I, but I, I, I don't doubt that. <laughs> but I think when it comes to uh, you know sometimes sometimes you just go on impulse, right? Mm. And uh, at you know sometimes your impulses work out really well.
0: I love Mustang. I love the way it looks from, at least from the front, it looks beautiful. Like it looks like a muscle car that you need to have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. uh, You can imagine like a 22 year old guy driving Mustang around town in in campuses. It used to attract a lot of attention. I I remember like whenever I would uh, go out of any nightclub at 12 a.m. or 1 a.m., uh, there would always be some police car tailing me, some cop car tailing me for like two red lights at all. So it used to attract a lot of unwanted attention <laughs> as well. Uh, you know, thankfully I never got a ticket, you know, I think. Uh, so, you know, it, uh, it's always stayed within the lane, right? So, so to speak. Uh, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, and and did a lot of road trips as well, you know, going to different right. places uh, around and, and had in general, a lot of fun uh, with the car. Yeah. So where
0: was your head at when you were graduating? Did you have other paths that you were considering like investment banking or were you exploring other startups before that
1: or other companies that you had offers from? Hmm. So I, uh, I had a low GPA in college, not very high. Uh, but I thankfully I got like replacement offer from Microsoft. So I, you know, I didn't need to sit for the placement season and, and that was like a blessing. You know, I could skip the whole sort of rat race, uh, that springs up in college during placements. Uh, and, uh, no, I you know, I was very interested in doing my own BTEC project and I think we did really well on the project. So, you know, and and, and in fact uh, I will not go into the detail of the idea, but in fact uh, I was very interested in seeing if we can commercialize it with the with my project partners. Uh, but their heart was not in it, like they wanted to go for the job. So we sort of skipped that. Then I think uh, 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 I always wanted to go to US, honestly, no doubt about it. You know, I felt like, you know, the, the the culture of technology and, you know, just the whole vibe around it, like really always attracted me. And I wanted to see that lifestyle. So, so for me, it was pretty clear that, you know, I'm going abroad, going to Microsoft. And I very clearly remember that of having a conversation with all the friends you know who were going to US along with me uh, post the placements so I think I was my head was really that you know I'm going for good right not coming back uh, I, uh, I, I, I know myself so I know like I would like the life there uh, and 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 that's it like you know I'll make my career there and I think most of my friends were like uh, you know they'll come back uh, Typically, I think everyone was thinking around three years, like usually when the visa expires and you have to renew it, like that was most people's time frame, at which point, you know, they would think of, of coming back, right? So, so that was the initial conversation that, you know, I think uh, I didn't explore anything else, honestly, just went for it, uh, went for Microsoft straightforward, uh, you know, uh, as it is. I, I didn't really enjoy like giving a lot of interviews in different companies. So I was pretty happy to just be limited to, you know, one company where I where I got the offer from.
0: Right. And after going to Microsoft, what were the conversations you were having with your now co-founder, Herschel? So I'm guessing you met during IIT, and that's where you grew the friendship. And what were the conversations you were having when you both started a full-time
1: job? So I think Herschel graduated one year uh, after me. So I graduated in 2012, and I think uh, he graduated in 2013. And uh, here is the thing. So me and Herschel and you know, the, typically the group we had in college, uh, you know, we used to... Do a lot of side projects, a lot of uh, you know creative work. Just build something, code something, and put it out there. And we used to really enjoy it. Like you know, I remember launching a bunch of stuff in college. Like I would skip my academics uh, to do these technical projects, you know, uh, and launch it in college. And and it, of course, the network speeds in, in the, at that time was really slow, so we couldn't really launch something on internet. Like we didn't have uh, proper internet access really. Uh, so, so mostly the stuff that we used to build was used in within college campus. Like you know, we built like l- random connection for people within college campus, like sort of a you know pseudo social network uh, for the college campus. And we used to feel really excited about you know seeing seeing people talk about it, use it, and on all kinds of stuff. Like you know, we we really pushed the technical culture in college to the next level. You know, really made uh, coding and programming pretty cool. You know, uh, and it still continues to this day. The group that we founded, STS Labs, uh, you know, still running but pretty strong. Uh, uh, but I think, I think when I went to Microsoft, you know, I, I don't think we thought about it like that, but, uh, I felt like while, you know, my day job is going on I'm doing the the work that is there, like I still have energy to do something on the side, right? Do some, some other work. And, uh, I talked to a lot of people, honestly, it was not just Herschel to explore, to build something, uh, uh, you know, my other friends there, you know, my, my ex batchmates from college. Uh, but hashil was the only one who responded, like he was the only one who was keen and think like, yeah, like, you know, let's let's do something. Like you know, Let's just get together, jam over weekend and create something. And, and that's how we sort of, you know, got going uh, uh, post college. Like we had a very strong relationship in college as well. But even after graduation, like kept in touch and we thought, you know, we can build something on site
0: definitely now how did that happen so you were you were in microsoft and there's a common thread over here that you mentioned that i felt like okay i'm not using my i'm not using up to my potential for my full potential so how did that feel like uh when you
1: were working in microsoft so let me come to that so you know i think uh at least you know i was there for about 2 years uh hmm. you know i think the the first year i really really enjoyed my life you know i had the, i had the time of my life you know i i i you know, started learning piano, playing piano. I started learning social dances like salsa, foxtrot, tango. I used to go a lot to social dances there. And it was a pretty cool scene, like really amazing scene. Uh, And, you know, you used to go a lot on trips uh, there, right? Uh, So so all all of that, I think, was pretty good and, you know, made me really happy, uh, especially for a short short period. Uh, And uh, uh, surprisingly, the workload at Microsoft was not like a lot at, you know, at especially for me, like it's, I don't think it's like a common experience. Uh, But, you know, I I found it like pretty easy to, uh, you know, uh, 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 go through the routine Mm. that was there. Right. So I think that after a certain point of time, like after probably six months, like, uh, you know, being there, I started feeling an itch that, you know, this is not enough. Like, and, and, and that's when, like, I started exploring like all the everything in the town, driving Mustang and all that. Uh, But I think after 12 months, even that, you know didn't satisfy me like i continued doing a lot of stuff uh and i always had time on my hands even though i was doing so much stuff uh you know in, in microsoft or on the side i still felt like i have more time like i can do more stuff uh you know i had a lot of itch so so that's when like you know i started talking to Herschel and you know saying hey, let's come together and do something post one year so this is around 2013 mid to late 2030 uh, let's do something on the side uh in a way right and uh, and that's, how, and that's how we slowly started uh, working on it. So, so you know, the initial idea that we were working on, uh, it was to build sort of a donation portal for corporates in India, you know, corporates and startups in India. So, you know, because we felt the donation culture in the U.S. is pretty good. Uh, you know, they, they encourage you a lot to donate to worthy causes and you can donate to whatever you want. Uh, but I think among the white collar, new generation employees in India, like it's not such a common phenomenon, right? Uh, our parents, our, our our grandparents, like in villages and towns, they you know tier two towns, uh, they have a habit of you know donating, giving alms. Uh, uh, but like our generation, I think, is still behind on that front. So I think that was the idea for us: like we'll build something, put it out, help uh, startups and mid stage companies to adopt it and encourage people to donate. Uh, but after working for like I think a couple of months, uh, where it really got stuck was when we applied for payments. So we couldn't get a pay- proper payments account. Like you know, there were a lot of random questions that. The incumbents or the banks used to ask like whether you are profitable, whether you have a physical setup, uh, can you give a six deposit, all those things. So, and we I, it just chaffed on me that how can like how can this be so regressive? Because you'll have a lot of startups uh, and businesses coming online, and there will be a lot of startups you know starting from colleges, right? Like you have companies starting out of uh, you know garages in the US, right? Uh, so a lot of people will be starting companies in their homes in their colleges, and, and they won't have like proper company setup or a lot of money or, you know, like all physical setup and everything, right? Uh, but they still need to accept payments. Uh, and I think we started researching on it quite a bit uh, on the payment side. And and we discovered that, you know, the industry is like, there's a scope for disruption in the industry. Uh, and this is, again, slightly in the hindsight, right? But, uh, you know, internet was taking off. Uh, mobile was taking off. And I think there was a start of wave happening in the country. Even in 2014, 13, 14 it was a little visible that, uh uh this this will become bigger uh much bigger than what it was back then right i think Flipkart card was the huge news at that point of time but you know the others will come through later right so that was a bet on this trifecta of mobile internet and startups right and uh uh, uh we felt like you know at least i felt that uh as a as an engineer you know i'm uh still working uh you know and contributing to us gdp right so to so the product i worked at microsoft i was working in windows active directory product uh and, and it's a billion dollar uh product for Microsoft. It's, it's a great one. Uh, I felt like, you know, as, as a, as a student, a student, uh, you know, my whole, whole of my IT education is subsidized by more than 90%, right? And I'm really, really grateful for the education that I have received and the, and the support that I have received in the country. Uh, I think you can just call it very cliche or maybe anything else, but I, you know, I felt a very strong pull, uh, uh, uh towards India. And and it was very, very surprising for me because I didn't expect that at all, at least from myself. Uh, you know, I, because I, I really thought like I've come to US for good and I won't be going back. Uh, but you know, just working for a US company, feeling like I, you know I'm not doing the best of my potential. Uh, you know, because because as ITians you are really the top 1% of the country in terms of the potential that you have. Right. And, and the government invests so much in you and then, you know, the, all the infrastructure and everyone invests so much in you. Right. So, so at, at the end of the day, the work in us, like I felt, you know, most anyone can do that. Right. Uh, with hmm. good training, right? anyone can get there. Uh, but if I have to utilize my full potential, I need to aim for something better, right. Do something bigger. Uh, and everything big starts small. You know that's that's like a that's the learning that I already had that anything big has to have begin with something very small and something which is close to my heart something which I'm passionate about and payments being as it is it's a it it felt magical to write few lines of code and move money from point A to B like it appealed to the engineer inside me uh, Hmm. uh, and and I naturally gravitated towards that problem statement first when the initial idea you know didn't work out right Uh, and so slowly. We started, you know, spending weekends, evenings, uh, even days uh, uh, on the payments idea, and and slowly, like you know, started uh, talking to banks and everyone else to sort of get off the ground. Right.
0: What were your parents saying at this point of time when you sort of uh, resigned from your job at Microsoft, took a ticket to Jaipur, I guess, and you moved back?
1: I had a emotional conversation with my parents. So. Uh, you know, like you're earning in dollars, right? So so it's no surprise. Yeah. Like you, you get at like a one crore package there. Hmm. Uh, and it's a big money, right? For any middle-class uh, family. So so, so my father had a very simple question, uh, you know, how much will you earn? Like uh, in India, right? Uh, simple. Sa. So I so, like, I <laughs> will not earn anything, right? I learned zero for a long time, maybe a year or two years. I don't know, right? And, and, and I think he was really surprised that, that disappointed with that, uh, you know, that doesn't make sense, right? You don't leave a lucrative job to go back to zero or go back to doing nothing. Uh, because starting a company felt like doing nothing, at least. Uh, you know, he has spent his whole life in, in SBI uh, and, and been a career banker uh, there. So he associates stability with, with uh, prosperity in some sense in his mind, right? So I think that went on for a few days. But eventually, I think I landed on this thing that, uh, do you want me to come back to India? Right? Uh, uh, because I think logical conversation, obviously it's not a logical conversation uh, at the end of the day, the, you know, what I was trying to do. So I had a very emotional conversation with him. Look, do you want me to come back to India? or not? Right? Because if I don't do this, uh, you know, you know, me, right? I, I, I won't come back to India. I'll stay in the U.S. forever. Is that what you want? Uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter like, you know, how much I earn, whether it's one CR or 10 lakhs, uh, you know, if, if I'm in India, I'm around you, near you. Uh, I think all of us will be happier with that. Right. So, so I think that, that, clicked, that appealed to him, uh, right, and, and, and I think after a like, couple of weeks of to and fro, uh, he partially resigned to it, right, that, okay, like, I just want to do it, he should support me, and partially he was just uh, glad that uh, at the end of the day, I'm coming back to India, right, and, and that's a big thing for an Indian parent, uh, after all, you know.
0: Right. Right, did you bring some gifts for the family? Because I still remember, like you know, like not the same, but yeah. When I was interning at Microsoft, I earned my first paychecks. I was like, okay, I'm gonna compensate for all this to like you know give my family something. So I literally brought like my family is huge, so I brought everybody like a really good perfume back to India. So <laughs> did you compensate for that So I- a good gift? <laughs>
1: Before before coming back to India, you know, I I I got them to US and uh, went around okay. with them for a tour of US. So we covered Seattle, LA, uh, Vegas, New York, you know the Niagara Falls, everything. Right. So hmm. uh, they they had a great trip here. Uh, it was their <laughs> first trip abroad, right? Yeah. So you know it's, it's sort of a big deal if you think about it. Uh, you know, from from their point of view. Uh, I think they're really happy, uh, you know, uh, with, with that, right? And of course, like, you know, I keep giving, I keep giving them gifts, not, not just, uh, you know, right. but I, my family probably doesn't appreciate, like, material stuff as much, uh, hmm. you know, but anything, anything I buy for them, I think they're, like, okay, like, hey, like, you know, we live a simple lifestyle. <laughs> so all of these things, it's, I, I, like, they're, like, always reacting. I don't know if we'll use it, right? So, so that's what... <laughs>
0: <laughs> right right so let's talk about pro- finding this thing called product market fit i want to understand like you know when did you feel like uh, product mar- we had achieved product market fit that okay Razorpay pay and solving for this payment solution was a real thing now and people were coming to us rather than we like you know begging for people to use our product
1: honestly i uh, i think we are so busy in building product and selling to customers i don't i think for a very long time i at least didn't feel that it might it might have happened looking back okay but we are always so in the mix of, you know, we have to build this thing, we have to ship this stuff, we have to get this customer, we have to support this uh, thing, right? We have to build more stability, we have to launch this new marketing campaign. Uh, I think we, at least we didn't realize, like, we had product market for till a very, very long time. And I'll tell you something very interesting, right? So we got into YC, uh, we launched sometime during YC, Right. And uh, YC really instilled in us that you know you need to be growing week on week by 10% or something more. Uh don't don't compromise on your growth rate at if you know any cost, right? And I think we took that mantra to heart. Uh, you know, we uh, we raised funds from YC and from Tiger Global, uh, but we kept at it, right? We kept just uh, focused on our own growth rate. And we didn't spend money, honestly. It was it was a B2B product, like spending money doesn't help you buy traction at least in this case uh you can't like really burn on advertising and expect like a lot of customers will come to you so we really we really had to focus on building a very cool product uh you know and i think for for a couple of years in 2015 16 uh we kept at it and I, I think there was there was a day uh when i think we hit like a 100 million dollar of gmv or something uh, which is which is pretty big right it's it's not a small number uh i think we felt like okay this is like this has become a big business. like we are moving we are moving something like uh, uh, you know, 500, 600 crores of rupees in a year. Uh, you know, that's that's bigger than you know, any, any number that we can imagine at least, right? So I think it shifted us very suddenly uh, uh, that we have scaled beyond like PMF and and you know this is a thing now, right? Like this is a real business. Uh, till till a very long time, we were just paranoid that. Uh, you know we shouldn't spend a lot even though we had a lot of money in the bank we just need to keep hustling building products, selling to customers getting traction scaling and just keep monitoring our week on week metrics there were weeks when we grew like you know almost 20 30% there were uh and, and any week where it was like a flat line uh, thankfully we didn't degrow but any week where it was a flat line flat line i think we would just go crazy and we would just do, you know, like, okay, let's just get it back on track. Like right? Let's just figure out, like, what's not working, uh, talk to more customers, you know, and, and all that, right? And uh, I think we we hit, like, a billion-dollar TPV in two and a half years. So, from 2015, early 2015 launch to, uh, you know, near, like, uh, end of 2017, near end of 2017. So, in a, in a very short time, pretty attempt, you know, uh, we're pretty much the fastest company to get there at that point of time, Uh Uh, And with a very, very uh, low burn, uh, you know, to the point that the one of our investor commented to us that, "Hey, you are like the lowest burning company in our portfolio," Uh, and and it was not a good comment. So I remember (laughs) we were profitable with just the just the interest rate that we had on money sitting in the bank account uh, at that point of time, right? So, so yeah, that's uh, 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 that's what,
0: uh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. What, what, what's the importance of getting into YC at that point of time? So you were one of the first companies that got into YC and like what, what was the role of YC in your journey? And as well as what did you actually learn over there? What did you experience over there sitting in Bay area with all these founders learning from the big guys?
1: So I think everyone has their own unique experience. Like everyone has their own takeaways from it. Right. Uh, I think we believed that, uh, Payments can be really huge in India, and and we are the right people to solve for it, right? We really had that confidence and belief, uh, but I think YC took it to another level. Uh, they really gave us the confidence that this can be a billion dollar business. We didn't used to think in those terms, uh, and it's not something that you chase, but it's this. It's more at a subconscious level, right? Because when you interact with YC partners and the alumni, and you know, you see that hey, a lot of these folks have been there, done that, and, and they are not exceptional. You know, I think, I think. In in my time at VC, like the, the founders that I was with in my batch, they were the smartest, smartest people, uh, smartest group of people that I have seen at one place, right? Uh, but nothing about their attitude on mannerism felt extraordinary. Like it just felt like all of us are uh, trying to do the right thing and and trying to you know do something big, right? Uh, I think that whole program, the way it is designed, uh, that ambition, that that normalcy, right, of building a hyper growth business, rubs off on you, right? Uh, so so that you know uh, really. Made us a lot more ambitious than what we already uh, were. Uh, second, uh, YC I think gives a very good set of defaults for a company. You know, just focus on your metrics. Talk a lot to customers. Don't distract yourself with random investors, random you know uh, uh, you know things going on in the ecosystem. Just focus, uh, just focus on like clearly on your own growth and and you know building for customers, right? Uh, and things like how to hire, like you know how to, uh, you know how do investors behave right like you know how the ways they can screw up like you know again like as a young company right you can you have a lot of ways like, a lot of pitfalls like you can fall through a lot right uh, uh so it, it's not a rocket science but there's nobody who tells you in the ecosystem that like, this is the, this, just keep it simple keep it straightforward keep it uh, uh, don't try to make it exotic in any sense uh just keep your focus center to to growth to building for customers right so this whole thing that this whole framework that you know yc gave around this it's nothing you know, big, it's very simple in that sense, right? But in, in a way, it made, made it come real for us, right? It, you know, it's a it's difference of like reading about in in the books, but seeing it in practice every day, uh, I think every week when we used to talk to YC partners, I think they are simple, the simple conversation used to be, what have we done last week? How much we have grown? And, and how much, you know, what's our plans, right? For next couple of weeks. Uh, and that, you know, uh, I think that's the pattern that we followed even after YC for a very long time, where we used to operate week on week, and over time, you know, we shifted to op- more like quarterly operations, uh, much much later. So, so yeah, I think these were the two biggest takeaways for us. Like you know, just the sort philosophy of building a hyper growth company and you know being ambitious and believing a lot that payments in India can be like a huge industry, right? And second, just very good defaults of of running our business, right? And and just avoiding basic set of mistakes that you know founders usually make uh, and in fact there were a lot of found you know american founders in yc you know who who had a lot more distinct that you know they know what they're doing uh in terms of building companies so may not listen to yc advice uh but i think that just worked out very well for us like we didn't know how to build a company at all you know neither me or harshilak from a business background uh but we know how to build a product, right? Uh, and, and, and building product, talking to customers, these are the only two things that matter, right? And uh, yeah, and, and it, it just made us confident that we can just fall back on this and just continue doing this, continue keeping it very simple and, and scaling it.
0: Right? Did they just give a handbook or a guide sort of that? All right, just read this, and this is everything that you need to know about other everything other than building a company. Now go and focus on your customers.
1: Well, those guides already exist on the internet. I think, and it's very public right. as well. You know, uh, you can read it on Vice's website, or to be honest, like. You know, most popular uh, incubators have that kind of thing, right? Even a startup school uh, that YC runs as a program has that thing. Uh, uh, But I think the difference was just, you know, uh, getting it reinforced through the partners, right? Because it becomes slightly more specific. And also seeing other companies in our group uh, making progress week on week, right? Uh, Because that inspires you, uh, that, you know, uh, that makes you focused on your own thing, that hey, like everyone has their own challenges. Everyone has a shit show, honestly, because, you know, as a startup founder, you're often very isolated, right? Uh, but when you talk to five other founders, and it, at least in, within the confines of YC, most startup founders will open up to you, right? Which is more difficult in the broader ecosystem. you would come to see that everyone has similar set of challenges, right? Everyone is struggling with their product market fit, with hiring, with, uh, you know, getting the next sale or getting the next customer, all those similar challenges, right? But at the end of the day, they still keep making progress, right? So if, if you're not making progress, I think nothing else matters. Like that's what, you know, you should get uh, back to uh, basically.
0: Definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm actually curious. So I wrote, I read this particular piece somewhere that a bank had asked founders Shashank Kumar and Harshal Mathur, both IIT graduates, to make a security deposit of 25 lakhs to service their business loan. It eventually fell on Kumar's
1: grandfather to bail them out. What happened over here? Do you want to share the story? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, when we used to go to banks to talk about, to get a gateway license payment gateway license right uh it was a very funny conversation so initially again we didn't know about these things right so when we thought like we need a payment gateway we thought hey the banks are the ones which will provide payment gateway so we would go to local bank branches in our cities patna and jaipur uh and and we would go to go in you know t-shirt and jeans and uh ask like the banking folks can you get get us payment gateway Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the person on the floor obviously has no clue about it. So we were like, okay, can you refer us to your branch manager? And we'll talk to branch manager for two minutes and then he would politely, you know, pretty much throw us out. Like, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like this sounds crazy. Uh, you don't do this here. get out, right? I think. <laughs> so, so that kind of repeated on loop for quite a few times, uh, uh, you know, then eventually we sort of understood that like the local bank branches don't understand about digital payments or payment gateway and it's usually run in like centralized headquarters of these banks in Mumbai or Delhi. And that's where we should go, right? So, so we searched for a bunch of folks on LinkedIn who are like head of payments, head of, uh, you know, uh, something like that, like head of cards and all that. And we'd cold message them on LinkedIn, uh, and we messaged a lot of folks. Uh, I think uh, uh, some of them replied, right? So there was, I think, around like ten to fifteen percent hit rate, uh, and we got meetings with them. And the, and this time now we started going in shirts, uh, shirt and jeans uh, from from t shirt. Uh, but a lot of, so, you know, these guys are more knowledgeable, but they still ask, like, what is your uh, background, or, you know, uh, how much uh, funding do you have, right? What is your, your, you know, uh, uh, financial knowledge, right? Like, you know, whether you are from financial industry, right? Actually, we are like, we don't have any of those things, right? We don't have, we don't have money. We don't have, uh, you know, any financial background, right? We don't come from a business family, uh, And. And I think that, you know, it's similar. Like, again, they would throw us out, right? So politely, uh, politely, but, you know, they would show us the door. And, you know, it, it would stop. The conversation would stop. Anyway, we kept at it. We met a lot of bankers. Eventually, we met, uh, you know, a 35-year-old younger leader uh, in HDFC. And he was he's an Accelerate graduate. And, and you know, he's doing well even uh, in HDFC for himself. So when he pitched him on, his, on this idea of building, like, a very product-centric, payment gateway for SMEs and tech startups, I think he really liked it. So I think... Uh, he was sort of okay with it. Like, okay, like you know, I'll give you a verbal approval and a go ahead. You still have to do figure out your compliances and product building and everything. And if you can pass our checks, uh, uh, we'll sort of give you a go ahead, right? So, so, so that so 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 that was like a verbal approval for us that we got in 2014 February, uh, and and that's the point at which you know Herschel quit his job full and got into this full time. And a couple of months later, in like uh, May June, uh, I I joined him uh, in Jaipur, right? Uh, and as part of that process as asked for like a fixed deposit, uh, or a security deposit, you know, before they give us the license. And, uh, I, you know, I went back to a family, I literally begged them, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to provide this to me. I think they were, they were okay with it. Like you know, it was a big amount, uh, uh, but it was still not like beyond the means, uh, thankfully. And uh, right. uh yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the way they phrase this over here in this piece, it seems like you know it's a crazy thing. But okay, now that you say it, uh, it's like okay, it's just a fee, just pay it. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the only thing was like you know we uh, when we made it. it it just felt like, you know, there was a point in time, like, okay, this is not coming back. Right. So (laughs) it's gone for good. Right. So, so like for a few days, it was really hard thing for us to, to figure out like, uh, you know, how to get this money that we got it. And then we had to really sign our names on giving it. So, so, so that was like the the scary moment for us, Uh, uh, you you know, but otherwise it was fine.
0: Right. Right. Wow. And now a really interesting Twitter thread that I read was by one of your one of your early employees, he was your head of design and he basically mentioned, so you basically wrote a tweet around that do not hire rock stars, hire people who will become rock stars along with you. I really believe in that because when we built, when we started our dating startup, uh, we couldn't afford anyone. We couldn't afford those b- amazing designers on Fiverr or something. So we basically hired our cousins and really taught them to become good designers. And that's how we moved ahead. But totally believe in that. What uh, what your head of design actually mentioned was that he used to feel a lot of imposter syndrome. And when he reached out to Herschel, he said that, hum start-up pehli kar rahe. And So I want to know, like, wh- what, what was the imposter syndrome like between you founders when you were struggling to, in those early days?
1: Um, <laughs> I think that always exists, you know, uh, it existed for a very long time, even after getting to series B, series C, right. Uh, right from when we got into YC, uh, you know, I felt like imp- I'm lucky to get here. Right. I don't know whether it's like basic some skills or whatever. Uh, I don't know what they saw like, Hey, I'm just lucky to get here. Right? Like, so that's the feeling. And that feeling continued even post fundraising, getting traction to a very long time. Right. Uh, 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 I, I, c- I can't describe it like, but, uh, I think it kept us on our toes, right? It kept us very strongly with a learning mindset and uh, the saying, you know, fake it till you make it, right? That's that's pretty much true. Like I, I really believe in it even today, right? That it's, it's not possible for you to have the perfect knowledge and, and you know, perfect uh, mannerism in that sense, right? When we used to go to banks, like, you know, we didn't know how to talk to them. We learned it over time, right? So we graduated from t-shirts to shirts, to, to suits uh, uh, as well, right? So uh, we, I used to keep a beard, at least in the starting days uh, uh again to just look older because it was still like 20 <laughs> years old when I was doing it and then, and then after some time like you know obviously like you know I, I let go of the beard for a very uh, for the beard for a very long time and then I started spotted started spotting it again you know during pandemic so uh and and uh, you're right like it's very difficult to hire rockstar in the early days but that's what a lot of founders keep thinking about like you know like hiring is really difficult like it's very difficult to hire great engineers like of course you know that's difficult to hire because they already work in great companies right uh, yeah. you want to hire talent which is uh, you know which you can take a bet on right which which has a lot of hunger for growth and we'll learn along with you and it's not like you know a know it all kind of person right uh, and someone who will roll up his sleeves right like whether uh, whether it's business or product you know for an engineer whether it's back end front end mobile it doesn't matter right like they'll contribute they'll get things done like that's the attitude it doesn't need to be perfect it needs to work well right it needs to be perceived as like good quality right uh and and and, and, and that's what we did right like we, we we just pushed our way to a lot of innovative stuff. So you know, we were the first ones to launch, launch digital onboarding for payments in the country. Before that, people used to have like wet signatures uh, you know, and physical paper documents, which we really used to hate. Uh, and, and now digital onboarding has become like an industry standard. right? We changed the way payments happen on even back then, like, you know, you would have flaky networks and 2G speeds and we really innovated on like solving for payments, success rate and making payments butter smooth and really good UI UX. Right. Uh, so, so just having just focusing on, you know, any domain you go to, right? Like there are so many big challenges that are present, right? Uh, if you take a two-year timeline, you know, you can really make solid progress on on any problem statement uh, that you sign up for. Even if you fail, I think it's worth it, right? Uh, I think it's worth trying for new ideas, starting, you know, whatever ideas you have, whatever you're passionate about, like just going with it, right? And uh, You may feel like an imposter for a very long time, but, you know, if you give yourself time, and that's what we did, right? Like when I quit, I thought, like, let me try this, next two years and see what happens, right? If it doesn't go well, like I'll go back to a job at best. It it might be a little bit of a bump in the career goal, but it's okay, right? Uh, 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 Like, and we had so much fun, right? I mean, you know, I I can't describe it. Uh, uh, While there was a lot of pressure, there was a lot of uncertainty, there was a lot of fear, no doubt, there's a lot of imposter syndrome. but I had an amazing amount of fun building this thing with friends, with people around me, right? And, uh, you know, the kind of fun, you know, you can't have, right? And that was different. In fact, uh, when I was in in US, uh, while I had a lot of luxury and you know obviously a lot of fun with all the stuff that I was doing, uh, it never felt real. It never felt this was me. Uh, it never felt uh, that this is the right kind of fun to have. Like you know, honestly believe like you, know, life you should work towards a so bigger purpose in whatever way you, ways you can, right? And uh, uh, and and that's what I got uh, with Razorpay, right? And so I, I was really, I really enjoyed it. I was really thankful for that in, in whatever shape it took.
0: Right. I'm actually curious. So what is the story of hiring your first let's say 10 people you mentioned that you weren't able to hire the best people the rock stars you made you helped these people become rock stars so what was your avenues to hire them
1: honestly i, I don't think we we tried to hire like rock stars at all you know it, it, we didn't even go there we thought like let's hire people who will be cool to work with right and uh, uh, who want to prove themselves right who don't have the right experience but uh, who would want to do better right who want to do something nice, right? Something different, right? Take a uh, take a bet on chasing an ambitious project, right? Uh, who don't want to live nine to five? Uh, and I think that, you know, we had uh, different sources of hiring. I think there was one pool of hiring, which was our own network in college, right? So there are a lot of, uh, you know, people that we worked with in college uh, in different sort of projects, uh, and we thought they were really cool, right? Uh, uh, you know, some of them uh, couldn't get a job on computer science, right? On coding. Some of them uh, you know, uh, had some sort of you know, a job in, in like in the other companies, but we kind of got them like, okay, just, let's just come here. Let's do sales, let's do business development, let's do operations, like whatever it takes. Right. So mostly from our friend network, I think we hired like eight, nine folks. Uh, then, you know, we, we hired like our HR head, our sales head, uh, from very diverse backgrounds, honestly, like there was absolutely no pattern. Right. Uh, I think what we watched for whether they, you know, whether we think they have a lot of hunger, right, whether they can work across domains, you know, they, whether like, you know, working from a house or a room or like non-standard office settings, these things shouldn't matter, uh, to them. Right. So our sales at whom we had hired, like, you know, we, uh, he used to run like a very large team previously. Right. And, and we had like a very straightforward chat with him that look, you know, whatever you, there is, there's is going to be like a 10 X different journey to, to what your existing career has been. Right. Uh, But if you want to do something crazy, this is the place to, you know, you you can come along with us, right? And to his credit, he did. Uh, uh, You know, he's a 40-year-old guy. Like, I still don't know what he saw in us, honestly. Uh, uh, But he came on board. And we really wanted a guy who was older, like, you know, who had some white hairs, Uh, you know, because with with a lot of customers, we used to come across as, you know, still kids, honestly. Uh, uh, I think the environment now is obviously very different. Like, you know, younger folks have a lot more recognition. But that time, it was a lot more, uh, uh, you know, sort of a traditional thing uh and and that's how we kept on going right so we used to interview people in our bedrooms in in our rooftops at the house right and at and that itself was a test really whether you were fine with this kind of environment right at least for some time before like things uh, before we get traction and you know we, we probably get a better office space you know down the line
0: Right. So there are two strategies. Number one, grow a beard and number two, hire someone with white hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I, not that, But, you know, uh, at least we, you know, I used to reach out to a lot of people on LinkedIn. We used to, mm. uh, uh, you know, interact with a lot of people in the ecosystem. Right. So I used to meet a lot of people uh, and still do. Like in Bay Area, when we were there for three, four months, you would have met like 100 people You uh, and built our network. If uh, you got like 33 angels on our cap table. Uh when we were back in India, then also like we kept meeting like you know people from the ecosystem in different fields like HR, tech, product, uh, sales, right? And different executives or you know, mid-level folks or junior folks. And that helped us cast a wide net uh compared to uh you know what we would have been if you we were just pursuing like traditional means of recruiting, like you know, getting sourcing resumes on our job site and whatnot, right? Uh and and, and that's the thing, right? It's still think like there's a lot of talent, people, talent sitting out there, right, waiting for the right opportunity to come through. Uh but if you wait to, to get to them across the screen, then I think it will be more difficult. Like it, 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 uh, it pays off to build really good human connections and relationships, uh, face-to-face conversations in the long run, right? And, and, and these folks start batting for you, whether or not they work for you, right? They bat for you, they encourage you, they, are, they become your cheerleaders. And, and that's what happened. You know, if, you know, if you go back and check, I think RazorPay always had a very strong set of cheerleaders within and outside, uh the company from from day zero and even today like all our ex-employees are like you know some of our strongest cheerleaders along with along with the customers uh that we have
0: wow i'm actually curious so what's the story behind the name RazorPay? pay because it's so hard nowadays to find a good name and also with so many fintech companies coming out there's so many common names volo pay razor pay zap pay like there are so many pays so w- what's your
1: story it, it, it's it was pretty simple. So, see, for for one, you know, the domain name was available. Like that, obviously plays yeah. a big part. You can <laughs> never discount that, right? Uh, but the other at at least it, uh, back then, you know, pay, payments is is a very traditional industry, uh, and uh, uh, you know, it's, it's very uh, focused on building trust, right? Because you are handing people's money, right? So you want to project safety, uh, you want to project uh, you know trustworthiness, right? We took a very opposite stance. We wanted to push the messaging that. We are the innovative ones. We'll we'll break barriers. We'll bring the best product to you. We'll the fastest to bring the new stuff to you, right? Uh, you know, uh, you can uh, you know you can we'll be you can fall back on us, right? Uh, uh, we, we are not the store guys, right? Uh, while trust is important, uh, agility, you know, a really extremely good product, razor sharp experience, right? These are a lot more important attributes for growing companies uh, to look for, right, in their payments partner, and uh, and I think that philosophy gelled well, you know, and and moved us towards selecting this name over, uh, others that, that we would have considered at that point of time. Right. So I think it's stood the test of time. Like even today, you know, our brand is known for being innovative and, you know, doing really new things in the ecosystem. And, you know, uh, uh, it, and sometimes the story becomes the culture as well, because we went with that philosophy and the story, I think our teams also aligned with that. Like our teams also started believing in that and, you know, acting like that. Right. And, and we have been like very, uh, I'm I'm pretty happy to say like, you know, we were the first ones to launch UPI acceptance in the country or UPI return payments in the country. So we have been the first ones to launch a bunch of stuff uh, in payments for the very first time.
0: Right. You mentioned UPI. So I lived in, I lived in India, Canada, us, and I've seen that the FinTech infrastructure in India is way more advanced just because of UPI, this entire scanning system, scanning QR and stuff. What do you think is the role of RBI in driving the innovation in India in the FinTech ecosystem? You
1: know, uh, you know, I think of RBI as a very progressive uh, regulator, okay. Uh, hmm. I think most people sitting sitting in cities uh, don't realize, right, uh, how vast India is. Okay, how uh, you know, how many people who haven't used technology, right, uh, aren't well-educated, but still go about their lives, right? So RBI has an uh, unenviable job, right? Like, I don't envy what they do at all, right? It's a very tough job. But despite all the constraints, uh, and, and that's to the credit of RBI and the government, uh, and the ecosystem, right, that they have been able to forge a very strong partnership and and really push the digital ecosystem forward, you know. If if you really think about it, right, uh, uh, the whole digitization, digital payments and digitization of the country is is very closely linked to the growth of GDP, right, uh, uh, you know, because it helps businesses become a lot better version of themselves. It helps become people, you know, reduce a lot of friction in day-to-day life, right. Uh, so in that sense, at least, Uh, You know, the regulator and the government have done a phenomenal job of, of, you know, uh, giving something that the country can be very proud of, right? Uh, Today, like, you know, how many places, at least in modern decade, right, you can say where India is like number one in building certain infrastructure, right? You know, and uh, at least in payment infrastructure, there is absolutely no comparison uh, between what has happened in India Versus what has happened uh, outside, right? And, uh, and 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 that's something to be proud of. But at the same time, you know, you can't rest on it, right? Because there's so much work left to be done uh, on, on on the digitization front, on the credit front, on you know, on, on so many pieces, right? Uh, even to this day, like a majority of financial operations of any business is non digital in nature. And and I think like if we are able to change that, or obviously like that's that's our core mission at Razorpay, right? That if we are able to, to you know uh, increase the digitization index of the country of the businesses uh that we make our own our businesses a lot more efficient a lot more productive and that will have direct impact on increasing the gdp of the country uh you know, and helping business in india compete at the global stage
0: definitely definitely now i also learned about this fact that you and your co-founder you live together in the same area same space so what was the decision for doing that and how does that help
1: i think we loved living together you know we, we stayed together since a long since the initial days uh, and it was very easy to make quick decisions fast, move fast on quite a few things, right? We we're always on the same page, uh, uh, you know, and I think that has sort of continued uh, even till this date, right? So whenever we have any problem, like, you know, we, we can always sort of run into each other and discuss things, which otherwise becomes difficult to do when, you know, you are running your day-to-day stuff on, you know, on, a, on a regular basis, right? So you can sort of all fall out of sync with your co-founder. But I think for us, that has stood the test of time. Uh, and uh, uh, it's helped us be very closely aligned in terms of running the organization, right, and and, and doing new stuff, okay. So, as, you know, and obviously, like, you know, we'll, we'll move out, uh, you know, at some point and and stay separately, uh, but uh, I think it has played a vital role in, in ensuring we, you know, we, uh, uh, we are on the same page and getting the company to the stage i think that
0: makes so much sense because yeah even with me and my co-founder we used to be on calls like three to four hours every single day but yeah whenever you are together that's when you would have these crazy ideas Yeah, exactly. and that was the best thing
1: yeah exactly and and we would we would brainstorm so much throughout yeah. the day throughout the uh year right uh, really right and and it's okay like you know we discard nine out of ten things right uh, <coughs> but when you really get a conviction on certain good idea then you can again turn it around execute it very quickly ship it out talk to customers right? So that whole cycle became very crushed for us, and uh, and and you know, at least in the early days, and, and even now, right? The speed of execution is can be like a very big advantage for you uh, uh, if you are able to make that happen.
0: Definitely, definitely. Now I'm curious, like what what do you think about the growth of tier three and tier four cities uh, in India? How do you think Razorpay, other startups, are gonna penetrate in, and how are they gonna help them grow? Uh.
1: The way I think about it, right, is that in in physical world, you know, you ha- you you go and shop in physical shops that are there, in merchants that are there, right? Uh, you go and exchange goods, but you know, you usually talk, are talking to someone across the board from you, across the uh, you know, uh, uh, and you are able to build a trust. You are able to purchase something very easily, right? Uh, but that whole purchasing experience online uh, becomes pretty broken, right? Like uh, there are advantages that internet brings, which is it removes the barrier of. Uh, getting customers from just your neighborhood, right? You can get customers from across the country and across the world, right? And if you look, if you if you really see that, the likes of Flipkart, and Amazon have have ushered in that revolution, right? Where they have gotten sellers from tier three, tier four cities and customers from tier three, tier four cities, right? And and be able to make uh, purchases, right? And uh, take advantage of the internet ecosystem. Uh, but the way I think about it is that. Uh, At the end of the day, like you know, Flipkart and Amazon are closed ecosystems, right? And and they obviously are doing a stellar job, uh, you know, but you know, internet is is a very open ecosystem, right? Uh, I like to imagine that you know we would want to build a a sort of a digital bazaar on internet where you have millions of merchants, right? Uh, But billions of consumers. Uh, But you need to build that infrastructure of providing for trust, providing for you know really good. Uh, payments experience, really good good incentivization for customers to transact online, right? And, uh, and and that's a key thing. That's a very difficult problem statement, you know, uh, because till date, we are still just solving for payments infrastructure and some of the experiences in building trust on digital payments, right? Uh, but to create sort of a digital bazaar uh, where customers can, you know, easily discover merchants, transact there and have the trust that, you know, they won't get defrauded, right? Uh, uh, there needs to be tremendous amount of work that needs to be done, you know, uh, at, at, you know, uh, we use we run a lot of education programs, right? We run a lot of, uh, yeah, you know, seminars, webinars, you know, physical events uh, to help bring uh, make the uh, businesses understand that you know you can how they can leverage internet, how they can reach customers in different parts of the country, how they can set up their web presence, uh, you know, and and start uh, getting customers online, right? And and it's very really encouraging to see the response. Honestly, when you know when the pandemic happened, that obviously pushed. Uh, pushed the the you know accelerated this whole uh timeline right like what would have happened over five years is now happening like over one one and a half years right so already like you see a lot of smes which have come online in the last two three years and and are, and are taking advantage of technology right and i see that in the next five to ten years you know uh, every business has to become a digital business every business has to think about how to leverage technology right uh, because they don't uh, you know, they they would fall behind in some sense, right? Uh, so that's what I see, right? That's what I see in Razorpay's role in Tier One, Tier Two, Tier Three c- cities and beyond, uh, in helping build this sort of digital bazaar and inspiring confidence in digital commerce, right? And helping in the digitization journey of the businesses in the country.
0: Right, definitely i am really curious how you think about money what is your philosophy of money now now that you don't have to worry about 25 lakhs business loan i don't have to worry about all these small things what are your philosophy of money now
1: honestly i haven't thought deeply about it till date okay uh, uh, i still don't look at my bank balance and you know but obviously i can see that as a privileged person right uh I don't think like you know like, I can enjoy a very luxurious lifestyle uh, beyond a point like the num the zeros stop mattering right so uh, so for me you know I I whenever I think about it deeply but at least the lines I kind of think of is to think about like how w- what is the best possible utilization of that money uh, for causes or for issues that I'm really passionate about right. And I, I'm not just talking about like, you know, doing charity or philanthropy, uh, which is obviously like at some point makes sense, you know, for you if you have money, right? Uh, but also like, you know, how can you uh, support startups or how can you support entrepreneurial ecosystem in the country and and give it a push, right? How can you support more research uh, and academia and, you know, making the country a more cutting edge technology center uh, for the world, right? So, uh, so, So, you know, I think these are things that I care about and some of them, you know, doesn't need to be like you know very philanthropic in nature, but more about like you know how uh, how do I you know use the money, whatever money that I have, in the best possible way to uh, to to make improvements uh, on certain things uh, that I deeply care about and can really bring a lot of impact uh, in the ecosystem. I don't know when I can take time out of Razorpay to really focus on uh, some of these stuff. But you know, honestly, that's pretty much it. I, I don't. I don't have any philosophy on this. On the wealth part, I'm pretty happy with the money that I already have, uh, and I think more money is not going to change that status. Uh, you know, our mental state in any ways.
0: Right. Right. Like <laughs> uh, the main. Like you know, sometimes when you ask people about philosophy, money, what people usually talk about is like, okay, I don't care about spending on three dollar lattes. Uh, like you know, two hundred, three hundred rupees latte or something like that. I. I care about vacations. I care
1: about like, you know, experiences, stuff like that. So (laughs) I I was expecting you'd say something like that. (laughs) Uh, I honestly like, you know, my philosophy on that hasn't changed since, since a long time. Right so when i got money like i think i already enjoyed the life that i wanted to enjoy like you know getting mustang and doing all that stuff you know obviously you can buy a better car like you know, get a ferrari or porsche or all those things uh but none of that really appeals to me i might still do it you know just because i can so i'm not saying like like i'm you know i'm a saint or something that you know i don't have material aspirations uh uh but i think that's still play I think that's still like you know just whatever it is like it's still like momentary happiness uh you know, vacation are important right not not just for experiences right but uh, to really be in a good state of mind to spend time with yourself to really enjoy like you know because work every day it does become boring uh beyond a certain point of time right but i don't think none of any of those are like really associated uh, uh with money because the fact is that even when i was in college uh, i could still travel you know ruti is located really f- well i could go to hadwar dehradun rishikesh and travel really really cheap like you know pretty much like 200, 300 rupees a day, you know, at, at three, four days, you can take a good vacation. Right. So, so yeah, I, I don't think I associate like act, actually in my mind, like, you know, uh, yeah, you can take like more expensive vacation, but the, but the role doesn't change like at any, at, at whatever money you have, like, you know, you can really enjoy uh, and take time off. Right. Yeah. The material aspirations does, you know, uh, become a lot more that, yeah, you can, you know, you can buy a bigger house, you can get a bigger car, uh, you can stay in like, you know, the best hotels, uh, 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 and yeah, like, I, you know, I, I'll do all those things probably. Uh, but at a very fundamental level, I don't think those really matter to me at all.
0: Definitely. Now we mostly spend our time or our day either building or selling. How, what do you spend your time on today? Like as CTO, now you don't have like, you know, you have a huge team. Now you can delegate a lot of work. What do you personally like to spend your time on?
1: Hmm. Uh, I think it goes different ways. Uh, I, a big chunk of time, you know, is, is usually spent with people in the company because now, obviously, like we have a lot of leaders running the company. So I'm very invested in their growth, uh, you know, in ensuring like they have the right resources, they have the right mindset, they're really well aligned with the impact that we want to create, right? The things that we are doing, and honestly, that takes a bunch of time, you know, because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like everyone has their own strengths, has their own challenges, and uh, 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 you know, hiring the best people is just one part. Uh, but making sure that you know they are very well aligned with the mission of the company and uh, they are in the position to do their best work takes a lot of effort right uh second i think is generally like this like right? i read a lot i meet a lot of people you know uh, try to have like a very good mental model of the world and the ecosystem and the payments industry and whatnot right so uh you know i just like keeping myself updated uh you know on on day-to-day stuff uh that's going on right uh, honestly these are two major things that goes on in the company. It's very simple. It's it's, it's nothing wrong with science. On the personal front, uh, you know, I got married like just before pandemic. So these days, like I spend a lot of time with my family, you know, and uh, yeah, I I, I read a lot of fiction. Uh, I think that's, I don't find a lot of founders who still like reading fiction after a certain point of time. Uh, I still love, love reading science fiction, fantasy, uh, you know, all quite all sort of things. Uh, you know, honestly, like, you know, uh, history books, uh, and all those, uh, all those sort of things. Right. Uh, I, uh, and I think of, you know, the gender hobbies and all, like, you know, I took up swimming sometime and, and learned swimming. I didn't have, know it. So, you know, it's a good life skill to have. I still try and go out and right. you know, practice salsa sometime, uh and, and enjoy that right so yeah, that's that's the, the general data thing like where my time goes
0: right uh i'm also curious like right now on twitter we see a lot of conversations around web3 crypto DeFi. how are you thinking about that and do you how soon will razer adopt DeFi or crypto let's say
1: i think it's a very exciting technology you know there's absolutely no doubt about it you know i think it's, it's one of the fundamental innovation in the ecosystem uh and uh and, and it holds a lot of potential right uh, but I think it's still very early, like it's still a lot in the sort of the, an R and D phase, right? Like we're figuring out like what the technology is. It's still not at a place where, you know, you see like real world applications of these problems, uh, you know, of these things, right? Of this, of the technology. Uh, I think crypto crypto speculation is obviously like, you know, taken off and you know, it's, uh, it, it's overall done well, but it's not a use case that is like well suited for India, honestly. Uh, so we haven't like looked at that direction. right? Uh, I think I, I believe a lot more that when we start seeing some practical applications, right, when when the technology is in a place where it can start benefiting real people, uh, you know, and, and not just from a, you know, like, do you make some money that, you know, it's, it's going up, right, uh, not that, right, but real fundamental impact on the lives of people, ground level beyond just you know uh, making money through investments right that is the point at which i think razor pay will really get in because we are always focused on what we can do for our customers and merchants and businesses that we serve and they don't care about like the specific technology that brings those value that value them right they are a lot more uh pragmatic about the tools that they use right so just putting in blockchain is not going to get us like a lot more adoption right uh, and you know i definitely believe a lot in blockchain but it has its fundamental disadvantages as well, which, you know, I think the ecosystem is really trying to solve for, right? Uh, So that's what, so, you know, we might not be like the first, real first way of innovation, innovating on DeFi and all that, uh, but I think we'll jump in with both our hands and feet Uh, at the moment we see that this can really, really benefit our customers and brings in some fundamental differences in the way we do things uh, and build products compared to where we are at today. Uh, but I think that's still like few years away. It's not something that'll happen in like next few months, maybe in the next few years.
0: Definitely. Customers are definitely very pragmatic about the usage. We recently had founder of trust which is who are building decentralized talent marketplace. And the founder basically mentioned that yeah, the big tech companies like Nike, Apple, they don't care if we are decentralized or we run on blockchain. If they're getting good talent, that's all they care about. Absolutely. So they don't yeah. they don't have to worry about all the blockchain. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now how so you are a proper a success scenario of reverse brain drain so you <laughs> went to us you came back to india and now you have you are contributing so much to the indian gdp how how are you seeing the reverse brain brain drain effect now like what how often do you see that happening what are the effects of it like how are you seeing it around the ecosystem
1: i think we uh, uh it's definitely improved from late 90s and late 2000s right from where it was mm-hmm. at I'll, I'll share a story with you uh, I think, uh, you know, we, I, I went for an award ceremony in my college at IIT Roorkee, uh, where I was facilitated along with some other alumni. And, uh, and you know, obviously, like, I was the youngest one there. Like, most of the like in their 60s, right? So we had some really cool people. You know, uh, there was, like, one professor from uh, U.S. Uh, university who's, like, done some groundbreaking research who had traveled all the way back to Roorkee to receive that award, right? So so I spoke to him, and he he really mentioned that, you know, he's so glad that, you know, I came back and and said that during his time, like there were literally zero opportunities in India in the tech field or in the research field uh, that is there. So that's when it really hit home to me that, you know, uh, while we might lament about brain drain, but there was a real problem in the ecosystem, right? Like there was a real lack of opportunities of upward mobility uh, for aspiring people uh, in the country. I think that's gotten fixed now, right? Uh, In last 10 years, it's changed now i think uh, you can fundamentally do a lot better in india than what you can in us i think people might still give examples of sundar pichai and santanadella becoming ceos of microsoft but that's a lottery ticket right uh, that's the what people don't realize that's really like one in millions that's the odds that used to be probably present in india back then right there's a lot uh, you know there's a lot more probability for people to you know, uh, make a very good impact uh, uh, and do amazing work uh, in India now. And I'm talking aggregates and, you know, in broad aggregates at a statistical level. They are, you know, it, there's no doubt, like, you know, the, the advantages that the eco, U.S. ecosystem have, especially if you are on the cutting edge of research, right? Uh, but, you know, uh, I think we have proven with UPI that you can build world-class infrastructure from India, right? Uh, and a lot of blockages that are there in U.S., in let's say take health, for example, right? It's a very difficult field to innovate in, you know, I think, so, so I think U.S. has some of the most mature industries, right? Uh, and, and disrupting them is extremely difficult and you need a lot of local knowledge, right? Which is probably well-suited for, you know, people who have grown up there. Otherwise, like, you know, second generation, uh, uh, Indians, right? Like people who are Indians who have like grown up there, right? more like the Indian origin kids, like they they can tackle those things at a more fundamental level, right? But people who have, you know, moved there from India, right? You know, they there's, there's, can definitely like, you know, learn and experience a lot of stuff. Uh, but I think the India really values uh, the experience that some of these folks can bring back, right? And also, uh, I think you get a lot more opportunities here now. So I can tell you like, you know, the recent... Uh, uh, head of engineering that we have hired uh, you know he was building uh, aurora database in aws so he was literally the engineering head for aurora database in aws and that's the fastest growing aws product in their history right and, and so that's really a great feat uh, but in during pandemic like he moved to uh, trichy of all places and he was running a global team from trichy uh, you know and and then later like you know obviously recently uh, he moved to join us as head of engineering right Uh, And, and, and he loves it, right? Like he sees that, you know, I I, I asked him like, why come back to India, you know, because I had, to. you know, I obviously came back very early, but he's coming back very, very late. Right. And uh, I think his thing was like, you know, he he has already done a lot in US and created a lot of impact. He doesn't, he doesn't see his scope of, you know, uh, technology impact in changing a lot. Right. Versus, like the impact that you can create with technology in India is like just ten x, right? Especially given the state of the country, the delta that you can create in India uh, 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 with the work that you can do is a lot more at this point of time. So, so I think that's the part that got fixed in the last ten years, and uh, some of the people definitely recognize it. So, you know, I think brain drain continues to go on. I think, and I think that's okay. Uh, you know, most of the friends that moved between the US are still there right uh, you know they're the ones who thought like they'll come back to india but they're still there right so but some of the people have started coming back and and i think i think i'm grateful for that like the indian ecosystem is richer because of the experiences that they bring back and i think it, they fairly get rewarded as well right and uh, while the u.s lifestyle has its own advantages uh you know no doubt right uh, but you can no longer look down upon the lifestyle in india at all okay at least i don't agree with anyone who. Kind of has that misconception, right? And and many people have that misconception uh, there, right? The kind of community support that you get in the country, uh, both ways, from your friends and family, uh, you know, the care that you get if anything goes wrong, or if you know uh, the the, uh, the things that you can do here, right? And you know, uh, and all the secondary support that you anyways get, right? Uh, uh, it's it's incomparable. Yeah, you know? uh, it's it's amazing. Like you know, the lifestyle difference that you can have in India now, uh, if if you are well off, right? Uh, you know, and most people obviously are coming back from US are are definitely well off, right? So, so both in terms of the opportunity as well as in terms of lifestyle, I think India now offers something truly different and differentiated from you know what you can get uh, in in US, right? And uh, I think a lot of folks who come back definitely realize that, right? Uh, and I think we see a lot more success stories around it, including me, uh, uh, who made that leap and uh, um, you know have been rewarded because of it.
0: Definitely. The lifestyle is something which is a topic <clears throat> we talk every single day, because every single day when we are washing our dishes, we remember that in India, we never had to do that. <laughs> so that's the that's no big <laughs> thing. <laughs> right. Uh, but OK, the final question is, how does your dad feel
1: today about your decision, about
0: the conversation you had?
1: I'll tell you something. I think even when I came back, I think for the initial two, three years, even when we had got like seed funding and then A funding from Tiger, uh, he used to push me that, you know, why don't you apply for UPSC? Uh, she said, I <laughs> 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 <to> become... IAS, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yes>, right, so... <laughs> Wow. So, uh, you know, because I'm from Patna, Bihar, right? So, okay. so, at least in the in that belt of you know UP, Bihar, and the associated region, right? I think uh, that Lal Wali like Gadi, right, that yeah. you know, that red light ambassador is uh, is is really you know looked up to, right? Like you know that that's what people know, really know that oh, <coughs> like this is the thing uh, to to go for, right? So, so that's what obviously my father has seen. Right. So, you know, so, yeah, so the initial two, three years that, that used to be a conversation for us. And at some point, I think he dropped it. and thought like, okay, like, you know, this is going to be the thing that we'll really do well on. I think he still doesn't realize like the scale that we have <coughs> He's still, you know, uh, uh, it's hard for him to imagine or relate to like, you know, what we have done honestly. And I think that's okay. Like, you know, I, he, yeah, I've, he'll, always be like you know father right and he'll always see me as a kid irrespective of whatever success i get and 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 i I think that's what i want to right but i think now his push is more on like you know uh you know don't just like don't just think about making money like uh think of think of doing something uh you know for for the place you are from for patna bihar right uh uh think of charity or philanthropy, which is like a typical thing that I would expect for him. And I'm always like, okay, like, you know, yes, yes, I will, like, you know, give it time. Uh, there will be a time and place for me to do it. Uh, you know, I'm still busy with razor pay. So, so you know, that's, that's, that's the push that he keeps making subtly and slowly over. Me. And I think it, it will work its magic someday as well.
0: Right. Does he want you to establish a Shashank Kumar University in Bihar? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that that crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think Shum- my co My co-founder, Hashim's father, on the other hand, you know, the uh, you know, whenever he meets us, he's always like, you know, like okay, like said Then when are you guys becoming a decacord? Where are you reaching ten billion dollars? <laughs> so he's like a very typical Indian dad. <laughs> like but you know, like you know, are you taking the next milestone? Like you, know, you tell me about that. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice yes. nice typical Indian dad he's like Zuckerberg the baby look at his valuation dekho. <laughs> not just that yeah. just look at Zuckerberg right so he's still very Haan. far off <laughs> <laughs> nice nice but Shashag this was great this was great thank you so much for coming on we have all your story covered and this was really good thank you for your time Hey, thanks a lot, Prashant. Thanks
1: for inviting me on the, on the, the podcast. And yeah, like, uh, wish you all the best. And, the, you know, people who are listening, uh, you know, the podcast, right? Uh, yeah, like, I think the only message I would leave for them, like, you know, if, if you want to chase a dream, like, go for it. Like, don't wait. There's never the right time, irrespective of wherever you are at. And if, you, if you're even thinking of coming back to India, you know, just go ahead. Take the leap. Don't think too much about it. Like, thinking too much always kills the, the best of the plans.
0: Definitely is podcast. Like we will like name the thumbnail title is go back to India (laughs) and build something. (laughs) Nice. All right. Thank you so much.